0: welcome. It's good to be with you and to worship with you on this Sunday. You can see we have a a different setting as we gather for worship today. Uh, We're in the chapel of First Church. We are blessed with this worship space, blessed with the space that God has entrusted to us. So I'm grateful to be able to share with you in this time of worship, and, and I'm grateful to find myself in chapel again. This is Memorial Day weekend, and we will see that referenced as we make our way through this time of worship We will also hear from the Gospel of John, and uh, we are grateful, again, for the the gifts offered by Jill Gardner, by her husband Jake in this time of worship, uh, gifts that help us remember those who have gone before us and given us the freedom that we know is the United States. We also are grateful to God that we are able to gather and to worship at this time. Uh, Thank you for your presence, for sharing in this time of worship. Know of my prayers as they are with you and I thank you for your prayers for me. As mentioned, we're going to share from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and that is a gospel lesson that we anticipate as I offer these words as call to worship. Jesus promised, I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth the world cannot accept as they do not see him or know him, but you know him. He lives with you and within you, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. again for the gift of music as offered by Jill. I find myself wishing I could have been there for that seventh inning God bless America during that baseball game as I miss baseball dearly and hope to be able to watch that again soon. I invite us now to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord even in this time of quarantine and social distancing, help us to know that we really are not alone. That you are the God who is closer to us than we are to ourselves. That you are the God who continues to intervene in our lives to advocate for us and to assure us that you're with us now and always through all things. For your presence, for the gift of your spirit, for the fact that we are never orphans, never desolate, we give you thanks this we pray in jesus name amen from the gospel of john the 14th chapter verses 15 through 21 i invite us to hear the word of god if you love me you will keep my commandments and i will pray the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever even the spirit of truth Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. Let a little little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we have long known the word quarantine and have understood it to be a time in which we may be isolated but that word certainly has come to take on a new meaning and has come to be spoken more than ever before in ways we never could have imagined. Closely related to that word quarantined is the word social distancing. It'd be interesting to count how many times throughout the day we may hear that term social distancing. We are told to maintain social distancing, to observe social distancing, and these words are so prominent in our vocabulary and words we never, in ways we never could have envisioned. Well, some of us may be okay with being quarantined or maintaining social distancing more than others. When we began to take in earnest this practice of distancing and quarantining, uh, there was some humor that was expressed as far as how well introverts were handling this as opposed to extroverts, the extroverts. The humor and how introverts, such as myself, were were quite okay with these new norms of living, but how extroverts were going crazy not being able to relate with one another, and hug one another, and socialize with one another. So we may have uh, found some, some humor in this that has helped get us through, but we may have also known this to be quite a trying time of our faith to practice these new norms of relating and behaving. It may be through all of this there was some remembrance of the words of Genesis. We may remember that in one of the creation accounts, as found in Genesis, we are told, of course, that Adam was formed first from the dust of the ground, and God breathed his breath, his life, into Adam, and Adam became a living being. But we remember that Adam, at least for a while, was by himself. And we are told in Scripture that it was not good that man should be alone. We may have remembered these words as we at times find ourselves very much alone. For our children not to be able to go to school, for those of us in King's Grant or other assisted living places not to be able to receive company, to have to maintain strict practices of separation, even from those closest to us. And this may be challenging to our faith as well, as we find ourselves, again, separated more than we would ever like from those we love, and perhaps feeling some distance between ourselves and our God, trying to find where God is and what God is doing in the midst of this pandemic. Perhaps we find ourselves understanding the disciples as we meet them in John's Gospel today from chapter 14. We hear Jesus speaking to his disciples, and though we may have great affection for his words, welcome his words, they are spoken to an anxious crowd at this time, the anxious crowd being the disciples. You see, Jesus is at a place in John's Gospel now where we don't any longer see his public ministry, but we see ministry exclusively to his disciples. And it is ministry exclusive to his disciples because Jesus has just told the disciples that he goes to prepare a place for them, that he is preparing to return to his Father. Now again, while we may hear these words with some measure of gratitude and affection, understand how the disciples hear these words of Jesus and wonder, well, who's going to look after us? If you are returning to the Father from whence you came, if you are leaving us to prepare a place for us, who's going to watch us in the meantime? Who's going to be with us until we find our place with you? We understand the the anxiety. It's kind of like when we were children and we had this fear that our, our parents were leaving us and we, we feared being left home alone. So Jesus is to leave, but the disciples rightly wonder, what about us? So Jesus, in this context of anxiety and fear, this crisis of feeling abandoned, says to his disciples, he is going to give to them the gift of his Holy Spirit. And that is this spirit that will be a companion and advocate. It is this spirit that will assure the disciples they are not orphans. And it is this spirit that will pray for them In fact, we are even told that Jesus will pray for his disciples. Now, I'm familiar with the scripture, as I suspect you are, but I, I spent some time in preparing this message, and I read these words, and find great affection, and find great comfort in hearing Jesus say, I will pray for you. You may know, as as I know, that there is great intimacy, and it is very touching to have someone pray for you. One of my earliest experiences in ministry was when I was serving as a summer intern at a church in Richmond, and I was making hospital visits with the pastor of this church, and we went to see a woman named Jane Gray. She was in the hospital, and and fortunately her condition was not terribly serious. She would be released soon, and and Jane Grey was, along with her husband, one of the pillars of the church, and a woman of of great vitality, and and great liveliness, and a woman of great humor and playfulness, Um, and that's how we knew Jane Grey. Didn't always see her in a very serious mood, she took her work seriously, but she was always a fun person to be around, but as the pastor and I concluded our visit with Jane Gray, the pastor spoke words of prayer for Jane Gray. And I remember how touching it was to see as we concluded that time of prayer that that Jane Gray was weeping. She was moved by the fact that, that someone was praying for her. And that is an experience that happens more than once in the course of my ministry. And I remember as well, when I was in the hospital for several days, several years ago, how the hospital chaplain and others would come in and, and pray for me, and I, I found it to be a very humbling experience, a very moving and touching experience to be remembered to God in these words of prayer. And, and even now, I will receive from other pastors just texts that will come out of nowhere text which will say to me, Keith, I wanted you to know I'm, I'm praying for you this evening. I'm, I'm praying for you and Paula. And it moves me deeply, and I'm grateful for this gift of prayer. But hear again from this scripture in John's Gospel that Jesus assures his disciples that he will pray for them, and that he will send the Holy Spirit who will pray for them. And I will ask, are we to believe that these words of prayer from Jesus and his spirit are words of no effect. I mean, to be honest, I think we all wonder at times about the practical effect of prayer. We may even wonder, well, well, prayer isn't enough. We need to do something. We need some action that prayer may not be enough. And I I understand that. And we may think at times that we need to do something more than pray even during this time of pandemic maybe maybe we need to launch into some of these parades that that are very popular now you know these neighborhood parades where someone is his birthday is being remembered because he or she cannot have visitors so a long line of cars will drive through the neighborhood honking horns and waving signs or perhaps we need to have those parades that honor our graduates or honor our health care workers. And those are wonderful things. And we may think, well, we need to do something more than pray. We need to do something like that. And while all of that is wonderful, I am reminded through this scripture that it may be that prayer does what is most important. It assures us, as Jesus prays, and as his spirit prays, we are not alone, we are not abandoned. Through these words of prayer, through these gestures of prayer, we are gathered into the presence of God. Through these words of prayer, through this practice of prayer, we are united one with another and we are reminded as well that we are to find ourselves in this posture of prayer being those who pray without ceasing being those who remember the words of jesus that tell us that insist that we ask and seek and knock relentlessly and persistently because in such prayer we are gathered into the holy presence of god and we are assured that as Jesus goes to prepare a place for us, he is not absent from us because his spirit dwells with us. We are never left as orphans. And now and always we are assured that Jesus is the one praying for us, his spirit prays for us, and we are gathered within the presence of God from whom we never shall be separated. Thanks be to God. grateful for the gift of song of America the beautiful and as we give gratitude unto God for the blessings we know as this nation for those hymns that lift us and inspire us especially now I invite us to go to God with the words of the Apostles Creed I will turn to that eight pages 881 in our hymnals and I invite you to follow along From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And we share in the practice of prayer as we share in the prayers of the people. I will offer various petitions of prayer concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and inviting from you the response, hear our prayer, inviting you to name those concerns upon your heart as well. I will observe a moment of silence after each petition, and you may speak those concerns upon your heart. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful to know that we are remembered in prayer by Jesus, by your Spirit, by one another. Move us, Lord, to be those who find ourselves more disciplined in the practice of prayer, and knowing that in this time of prayer we are gathered into your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, hear us as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as our voices are joined by those of your saints, those gathered with us now worshiping you night and day and praying with us as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil now in peace you people of prayer remembering that god receives our prayers and that jesus and the spirit pray for us without end know the peace that passes all understanding from god the father god the son and god the holy spirit